Alive multivitamins and minerals give you all the nutrients you need for a well-nourished life. Made with a blend of 26 fruits and vegetables and suitable for vegetarians. There's a range of targeted solutions for the whole family. Get more out of life with Alive. Available in selected Holland and Barrett stores and online. Food supplements should not be used as a substitute for a varied balanced diet and healthy lifestyle. Hi, I'm Dr. Gemma Newman, your host for the Wellness Edit with Holland and Barrett and author of The Plant Power Doctor, which is coming out in January 2021. In this episode of our brand new podcast, we're going to be talking about energy. How can we get more of it? Many of us are feeling a lot more sluggish, especially in the winter months. And in this episode, we're really going to focus on how it is we can get more get up and go. And to join me for this amazing discussion, we have Dr. Sahir Roked, who is author of The Tiredness Cure, and Alex Glover, a senior nutritionist at Holland and Barrett. Hello, guys. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, good to be. Hello. Nice to see you both. So I think what we'll do is we'll get started on a really basic question. Um, we all have our own ideas about what energy is. And I'm sure if I asked perhaps a physicist, they might have a very different answer. But in your experience, let's start with Sahir. What is energy? So um, one of the definitions for energy is the ability to do work. And I think that's a really good definition because my ability to do work and what I need to have done could be different to someone else's. So it's all about having enough energy to do the things that we want to do that are important to us. And I feel energy is both internal, as in your body can generate it, but it's also affected by what's external and that, uh, what's going on in our environment, um, the people we interact with, our emotions all have an effect on our energy too. I really like that. So we can think of energy as both internal and external. And you've put a real emphasis there on making sure that energy means that we can do the work that we want to do. What about you, Alex? What does it mean to you in terms of energy? Yeah, so similar to what Sahar said, I think it's if we look at the, you know, the physiological definition of energy, it's making sure that our body has the energy required to, to the capacity to do something so whether that be kinetic energy of moving. Um, but I like to think of it more of kind of equilibrium and balance. So your energy in has to equal your energy out. So, you know, your calories are your energy from food and you know, the calories that you input through your, through your diet give you the energy that your body transforms into the energy out. So you have to make sure that your energy in is sufficient to meet your energy out. So if you're doing mm. too much of one or the other, that's when things can kind of get out of sync and, you know, that's when problems can occur. I really like that. I like that you both had a slightly different perspective on energy and in, ter in terms of the definition. One of you is focused on the physiology. The other one's focused on the importance of being able to get the actual productive and practical elements of having energy into your life. So I really like that. Um, and Dr. Sahar, I know that you have a specialist interest in integrative medicine and and obviously you're a general practitioner as well. In your experience, have you found that some people are perhaps naturally more energetic than others? Um, I think that's a really interesting question because I think that a lot of it is to do with perception. Um, I do think that people have different expectations of 
their body and what they should be able to do. I speak to some people who are up at five every morning, they're busy with their kids, they're exercising, they work full time, they look after a family, they have hobbies and interests, and they wonder why they feel tired. So I think that um, I'd be like, I'd be on the floor if I was doing as much as you were every single day. Um, so I think part of it is expectation. Um, and I also think uh, there are many factors, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, that impact our energy as well. So I think that we are all slightly different, but part of it's expectation. And part of it's not also not knowing how you can, I don't want to use sort of manipulate, but how you can enhance your energy in the best way. Yeah, and that's a really interesting point. Uh, have you found, in terms of things like energy enhancement, is there, people always talk about having a, a coffee, like caffeine as being yeah. a really important part of their routine to, in order to be able to have the energy for the day. Is that something that you think is a good thing, a bad thing, or do you try not to label that at all? Like, what are your perspectives on things like um, coffee? I try to look at things in moderation. So I'm like, if somebody's having one coffee a day and they enjoy it and they take pleasure from it, then I think then that's a, could be a positive thing. Um, but I think that if somebody's reliant on something, um, again, that's not necessarily a good thing because then we're relying on something to keep us going. Mm. So I try to then look at other things someone can do to not rely on one thing. It's the same with sugar. A lot of people rely on that mid-afternoon sugar boost I've been guilty of it before in general practice uh we grab a cookie or something just to keep you going um but then you learn that yes it does give you a temporary quick fix but there are other things you can do to help with that too and Alex what's your experience of this have you have you noticed that people tend to use things like sugar or caffeine um as a way of, of temporarily boosting their energy is that a good thing is that a bad thing in your experience absolutely for sure um I think caffeine and sugar are kind of what I like they're like a crutch almost it's like oh I can use this if I need to but that's what it should be used for but it's like like Sahir, Sahir said when it becomes a systemic thing when you're literally waking up and making that coffee part of your everyday routine not only does it lose the effectiveness obviously your body will build up a tolerance to caffeine and and the same thing with sugar i think people kind of that 3 p.m slump people often describe of oh i need a boost i think again it's very behavioral a lot of this thing it's, it's kind of ingrained in us that oh i'm tired coffee or you know caffeine or oh i'm feeling down i'm feeling tired i'm gonna grab a, a biscuit or whatever and I don't, i'm completely in, I like inclusivity. I don't like to think of what we can exclude. What can we include in our diets? So there's a place for everything. But yeah, caffeine's a big one. I mean, for me as well. So here's basically just describe my day, getting up at five, you know, getting up at five and being on the floor at seven p.m. But you know, everything in moderation. Yeah. Okay, that's a really good um, sort of thing to know. I think a lot of my patients they live for their next caffeine boost sometimes, and you know, or they'll have an energy drink, and then you know they'll wonder why they're crashing later on in the day, um, and it just becomes a vicious cycle. So that's a really good thing I think for us to kind of focus on a little bit as well. Alex, from what you've just said, um, balance is important to you in a lot of ways. You've mentioned you know, using things for the right reasons. Would you say that there are some certain key things that, that can impact our energy levels that, that, that you would um, talk to, about, to us about today? Yeah, for sure. So for me, the three, thing, the three things that can impact our energy levels, for me, go back to the kind of the three pillars of health. If we look at kind of your nutrition, your sleep and your exercise. So I like to think of everything in terms of those as the priority. So obviously your nutritional status can have a massive impact on your energy levels. So obviously we live in kind of a very developed nation. We have quite a high 
consumption of ultra processed foods and those can, can be stripped of nutrients like B vitamins, which are kind of essential for you know normal metabolism and you know normal energy production. They're also stripped of things like fiber, which again uh, impacts our gut microbiota, which can you know, have huge effects with you know, the gut brain access to feeling tired and just not feeling you know well. Um, you could not be you could you, know, you could be in an energy deficit. You could be not eating enough calories to actually sustain your energy output. So if you're not eating enough energy from your food, then excuse me, then, um, then you will be feeling tired from that as well. Um, so the second one, again, so sleep would be the second pillar. I, I don't prioritize these. It's just they, they're all of equal importance. Sleep is a big one for me, especially now a lot of us are still, you know, working from home and we're kind of missing those long commutes. We can focus a lot more on sleep. Um, and some people think, oh, I'm just going to, people go to bed at midnight. They're, you know, they're on Netflix. They're scrolling their phones. No, they're not prioritizing their sleep hygiene. You know, the, the important thing for your body is, you know, your, your rhythms, your circadian rhythm the light and dark is to make sure you're getting consistent sleep you know seven to nine hours at kind of the same times every day making sure that you know your sleep environment is good nice and cool dark quiet you know that's that's definitely something and obviously sleep deprivation is a, is a very very common thing with you know really really bad ramifications if you look at kind of the research on sleep deprivation and road traffic accidents and cognition it's 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 really really scary just what a little bit of sleep deprivation can do to you um like I think mother nature has kept it in for a reason. We spend, you know, 30% of our, our life asleep. You know, if there wasn't a really good biological reason to do that, why would we do it? I think sleep is a big thing that not enough people prioritize. They think, oh, I'll be fine with six hours. When in reality, you probably need at least eight. And then exercise for me is, is the, the classic Goldilocks zone. It's kind of don't do too little, don't do too much because both, both sides, too little and too much can both lead to you feeling fatigued and having no energy. Obviously, if you're, you know, training far beyond your recoverable volume from exercise, you're just going to be exhausted all the time. You know, even if you are eating sufficient calories, you just burn out specifically, Mm -hmm. you know, from a, from a neurological point of view as well, exercise specifically like, you know, weight training and you know really tough endurance exercise can be very psychologically demanding um so mm. it's just kind of finding again that, that balance the sweet spot of not doing too little because too little can lead to you feeling lethargic and kind of demotivated because you know you're sedentary and not moving and then also mm. doing too much that makes you just absolutely exhausted all the time okay so you've talked about the importance of nutrition making sure you actually have enough calories to keep you going and choosing the right kinds of foods Mm -hmm. you've mentioned the importance of sleep prioritizing it in these uh, modern days when we're always on our computers and on the tv um and you've also mentioned the importance of movement not too little not too much uh ensuring that you've got that recovery time embedded in your workout regime uh, but also ensuring that you keep him moving uh, now, I know, Dr. Sahir, there's many other things that can also affect our energy levels and key factors that we should probably consider. What are your thoughts on any additional key factors that, that we should really be looking at? So I think something that's really important these days is managing stress. Yeah. So I think stress has a huge impact on our energy, on our mood, on our ability to have good quality sleep. If we're stressed, we might feel like not exercising or over-exercising. If we have a lot of stress, we tend to have a lot of the hormone cortisol in our systems. And in those cases, sometimes doing a lot of vigorous exercising, so, you know, very intensive running or aerobics or HIIT classes can be detrimental because it's going to push the cortisol up further. Our body's already got a lot of cortisol, And then that's going to make us feel more fatigued and more exhausted. So that's something I often ask my patients. I often ask, after you've done your spin class or your run, do you feel good? 
or do you feel initially good but then do you feel very exhausted that evening going on into the next day because that gives me a good idea of what their stress levels are like and how their body's reacting to cortisol um so i think all the things alex said are really important for sure but stress is as important too i like that i think um what you said actually really rings true for me because stress can really affect how much we eat, how little we eat, how much we sleep, how little we sleep, yeah. <laughs> how much we move, how little we move. So I, I think that's a really interesting overarching um, point to make um, to help you with those three pillars. That's really great. Um, so, you know, we know from Alex the importance of diet and exercise. Let's move on to other factors that might be important to consider. So things like age. Um, Dr. Sahir, do you feel like age has an intrinsic impact on energy or or does it are you only as young as you feel? I think that um, there have been quite a few studies that have looked at things like telomere length and telomeres are the parts of our chromosomes. And and if they're long, that predicts longevity. And if they're short, that uh, could be indicating a shorter lifespan. And what we tend to see is that people who have long telomeres, even older people, you know, in their 70s, 80s, 90s, they're implementing these sort of lifestyle things that we've talked about. Um, of course, there can be some genetic factors also that influence your aging and your energy. Um, but I think what we found with a lot of the genomics research is that a lot of these genes can be changed based on our lifestyle, based on what we're eating, how we're exercising, what we're thinking, how we're sleeping. So I don't think that we have to feel, oh, well, I'm, an, I'm of a certain age now, so I'm old and it's fine for me to be tired. Um, I think that that can be sometimes used as an excuse because we see plenty of 70 and 80 year olds who are really vital full of energy. And on some days they're doing far more than I am in a normal day and they feel great. <laughs> so yeah. I think these things can definitely be changed. Right. Yeah. That's really interesting. I, I read some of the research around telomeres and there's some really fascinating uh, research done by Dr. Elizabeth Blackburn. She's yeah. I think, Nobel prize nominated or winning. Um, and there was one study in particular, I think they were looking at prostate cancer patients and they were giving them advice on more of a plant predominant diet exercise. And they were able to show, um, in essence, reverse aging because the telomere lengths were improving as far as I can recall. So, yes, yeah, so interesting. So, you know, in, in some senses, you really are um, as old as you feel. Um, Alex, have you got anything to add to that? Yeah, I think that's really interesting about the, the longevity factors. You know, I'm a big, big fan of Dr. David Sinclair's work. So he's uh, kind of a senior researcher at Harvard looking at kind of the sirtuins. So the kind of the sirtuin um factors that affect our aging and he's big on you know plant-based diets and um he's, he pushes a lot of supplements as well but kind of they are emerging research supplements so he looks at things like kind of temporary periods of you know caloric restriction for longevity as well and obviously like um Sahar said about t telomeres or your you know telomerase uh, expression obviously changes as we age as well so um yeah and genetics as well so yeah looking at the kind of the genome studies around the, the types of genes and if they, you know, homozygous or heterozygous, if they influence our energy, the variance is huge. So it can be between, I think it's like six and 50% of our genes can be regulated, uh, sorry, of our energy, energy genes can be regulated by inherited characteristics. So yeah, it's like, I completely agree. It's not a case of just being, you know, getting older. We shouldn't, shouldn't see that as a kind of a sentence, you know, or I'm, I'm getting older. This should mean I have less, should have less energy. Hmm. 
Um, that's that's a really good point, and that's brought me on to something else that I thought of to ask you. You mentioned David Sinclair's research into reducing caloric intake for longevity. Mm-hmm. How does that play into energy? Is that something that, that you would personally recommend for people, or is that something that's too early to say? For me, I think there is a benefit to certain periods of your day, week, month of lower nutrient availability, specifically things like possibly keeping your blood glucose lower for a slightly more extended period of time. So that doesn't mean fasting. That could just mean having you know lower GR, lower glycemic index foods, lower you know insulin insulotropic foods. I'm quite a big proponent of that. Just but it's not. I'm not big on kind of. David Sinclair is very big on kind of. He has like a thousand calorie days once a week, which I don't think is evidence based at this point. But I think there is definitely data, good enough data to suggest that periods of our days or weeks we could go with having less food or less glucose specifically. Is stress getting on top of you? Is exhaustion interfering with your busy life? Why not try Vitano, a traditional remedy containing the herb rhodiola, which can help reduce stress and give you the energy you need to get on with your day. Vitano for natural energy. Available in selected Holland and Barrett stores and online. Vitano Rhodiola is a traditional herbal medicinal product used for the temporary relief of symptoms associated with stress, such as fatigue, exhaustion, and mild anxiety. Exclusively based on long standing use as a traditional remedy. Always read the label. So, Dr. Sahar, what are your thoughts on things like fasting? Is that something that you know you could take too far? I, I think it it could definitely be something you could take too far. Um, I think uh, fasting, uh, intermittent fasting, could be really good for many reasons. Um, there is evidence that shows that if you fast for sixteen hours, uh, which means just sort of um, you know uh, having water um, and or you know I think some herbal teas are okay. Um, but not having any uh, sort of other sort of nutrition, um, it turns on something called um, autophagy. And that is uh, when your body naturally destroys um, diseased cells in your body. So um, that's a, a good way of your own body detoxifying itself. And by doing something quite simple, you can give it the tools to do that. So I am a fan of that. Um, there's also some evidence I've read that it can improve testosterone levels in men. So that could be a a good thing as well and help balance hormones in women. Um, And again, anything that's uh, balancing weight, we've uh, heard our prime minister say very recently, he's been doing intermittent fasting and he's lost 26 pounds, I think it's been since he had uh, COVID. So it's a a good way also of um, losing weight if you need to. But of course, being done um, not in an excessive way, because you don't want to then get, uh, you know, be doing it like everything, like Alex was saying, it has to be done in balance. So we want to be doing things in a healthy way um, that fit in with our um, our lifestyle, but also not causing us to, to take it to the extreme in any way. 
Right. Okay. I think that's something that's really important to mention because certain people might be more susceptible to um, disordered eating and it may not be necessarily the best choice in that circumstance. Um, But it's really great to know that there are lots of ways of doing it. You mentioned 16 hours. That's pretty manageable for most people. You've got five, two, you've got one day a week where you would restrict what you're eating. I suppose it really depends on the person. Um, uh, what about upping our energy levels over time? So say you're starting with a certain level of energy and you just feel like, you know what, mm, I, I really want to try and boost my energy levels. I mean, how can you begin to do that, Dr. Sahir? So um, when, I, when I talk to patients about energy, um, we talk about uh, the things that Alex was mentioning, things like your nutrition, your sleep, your exercise and, and, and stress as well. Now, when you're already feeling very low in energy, those things can seem, oh, I've got to like change my whole lifestyle and and do all these things. And I've already got so much to do and it can seem overwhelming. So I normally recommend picking one thing um, and starting with that and getting that down over a few weeks and then introducing something else. So it could be uh, me asking them, do you get five fruit and veg in your diet every day? And um, quite often the answer is no. Um, So I'll say, right, let's work on that. Let's not look at taking things out because that can seem a bit stressful. Let's look at at ways we can add things in. And we can do that for a few weeks. And generally, because people are improving their um, quality of their nutrition and and taking in food with good nutritional quality, they start feeling a little bit better. So we're like, right, what's the next thing we can add in? Um, You know, would you be able to do a little bit of gentle exercise, even if it's going for a walk? for 15 minutes a day or every other day, let's build things in slowly because it's important to know what someone's baseline is. Because if you said to me, oh, do you want to walk for 15 minutes a day? I'd be like, well, but I already do that on my commute. Um, But if I'm speaking to someone who has been spending their last few months completely indoors, hasn't been going out and doing any exercise, um, then I'm like, walking is a good start. Let's not go with anything like jogging or or anything too vigorous to start with. So I think... um, you know, when, when you see someone who has something like chronic fatigue, we start with graded activities. Um, so that means doing a little bit of activity, but then also having a bit of a rest in between because we don't want to overwhelm their system. And I think that can be applied to anyone who's got a severe fatigue that's affecting their life. Hmm, that's a really interesting point. And it kind of harks back to earlier in the conversation when we were talking about certain factors that could affect our energy. We, we mentioned genetics, we mentioned environmental factors, but we haven't really talked about things like viruses and post-viral fatigue syndromes and other infections that may impact our energy levels. So, you know, Dr. Saher's point about being able to very gradually start to increase the amount of activity whilst also incorporating fair amounts of rest would be really important for those kinds of people uh, to make sure that... Um, they're not overdoing it and causing that that muscular fatigue. Um, that's really great. So, I mean, Alex, what are your thoughts on things like supplements? Do you feel like that's a, like a quick fix type thing or is it, can it be really useful for boosting energy in the short term? I think if we're looking at things in terms of quick fix, I think it's very contextually dependent for me. So for me, a quick fix, if somebody, let's say somebody's not sleeping and they suddenly start sleeping, for me, that is a quick fix. But I don't think there will ever be a magic elixir in terms of like a pill that will just fix everything. But 
again, contextually, if we're coming into the winter months now, there is one supplement that we all should be taking, which is obviously this is vitamin D. Um, it's October now. So the NICE guidelines and the NHS recommend that we take at least 10 micrograms between October and March. Um, for me, that's kind of one piece of the puzzle of, you know, SAD, kind of seasonal affective disorder. There's, that's actually the, the physiological levels of vitamin D. But there are things that we, the benefits that we can get for our energy, we can't just get from vitamin D. So in terms of if we look at kind of blue light exposure, so that it's so, so important in terms of if we go back to what Sahar said about cortisol, blue light increases cortisol in the morning, which is a good thing because cortisol is involved in the wakefulness. So it's one of the main hormones. So when melatonin is suppressed in the morning, cortisol rises. And the, you know, there's a really good research on, you know, humans, that shows that if you're exposed to you know bright blue light in the morning, you will be more cognitive and more awake. And obviously now we don't have that in the winter. It's trying to find ways of how can you get some sun exposure because it's got so many benefits outside of vitamin D. Um, and other supplements that are t- tended to be marketed t- for energy. I mean, caffeine is a great one. I mean, caffeine is probably the most evidence-based supplement to, you know, for energy, you know, but again, it's not relying on a supplement all the time. I think in certain scenarios, like if you're deficient in something like magnesium or, you know, B12 is another is another one, you know, supplementing with it will correct that part of the deficiency or that part of the problem. But, you know, it's not something I would ever rely on. Into, and apart from vitamin D, which is probably one of the only supplements I would say we all need to be taking this. And also, I think bringing that point into the context of the whole conversation, it's really important that if you are suddenly lacking in energy as something brand new for you, it is important to go to the doctor and make sure that you get some basic tests done so that you can rule out any specific diseases or disorders that could be causing this sudden lack in energy, low iron, anemia, thyroid disorders, diabetes. These are the most common things that would be really great to rule out. You mentioned B12 um, or you know uh, what else did you mention vitamin d these are all things that we could also check with your doctor if you are having a sudden new lack in energy and and, and doctors are here and you'll know as well that that's a really important thing to do um what about you know assuming that all of those things have already been looked at you've been to your doctor you don't have any underlying medical conditions um do you think that we should be thinking about supplements Yes, um, I I do. I think that, um, like I was saying earlier, it's important to establish a baseline. um, And that includes finding out what somebody's somebody's diet is like. Um, So we were talking earlier about maybe not having enough calories, and that can affect your energy. But what can equally affect your energy is having um, too many calories of not very nutrient-rich food. So um, that's something that I... I used to see a lot of my patients. And in those cases, of course, it's about education and also changing your diet where possible. But it can be helpful to look at some supplementation as well, um, just to help boost certain nutrient levels. So, I mean, let's get really specific. Say somebody... um, they've got a big meeting coming up, maybe they've got an evening plan and they're just feeling a bit wiped out and they want to give themselves a little energy boost. Alex has mentioned how caffeine is one of the most evidence-based boosts that we can give ourselves. But what about anything else, Dr. Sahara? Is there anything else that we can do if we want that quick um, last-minute boost? 
So other than a, a, a coffee and a, and a cookie, um, I think healthier ways of doing it would be, um, so I find uh, B vitamins really helpful in terms of a, an energy boost. Um, I also um, think that breathing exercises are really helpful. So maybe if you're at work, you're getting ready to go out, you're feeling a bit sluggish, getting up from your chair, standing up, taking some deep breaths in through the mouth, doing some mouth breathing in and out, um, maybe just for 20, 30 seconds. Um, it sounds a bit weird, but actually moving your body and like physically shaking your body can be a good way of sort of generating your internal energy and getting energy to move around the body. Or even if you're in private, jumping up and down on the spot for about 10 to 15 seconds. As long as see you and you don't feel silly, you'll feel a bit of an energy boost after. So these are all ways we can wake ourselves up. Um, and I think especially when more people are working at home and we're all just sort of moving from sitting at the kitchen table to sitting on the sofa to lying in bed, um, <laughs> standing up every so often and doing these things will give you a bit more of an energy boost. I love that, Dr. Sahar. I think, I mean, I actually do that myself and I don't care who's looking. I'll stand up. I'll do a few jumping jacks. <laughs> it's amazing how much more energized you feel when you've got that lymphatic flow going. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. So I suppose moving on then to my next point, we've talked about a few of these quick fixes that we can try. We've also talked about some of the overarching themes that we can really start to improve. What about some simple, practical changes that we can make to our lifestyles to gain more energy right now? Alex, have you got any top tips for us? So I think kind of there's some really easy ones that can be implemented for most people straight away. If we think like back to what Sahar said, eating five portions of fruit and vegetables a day or kind of moving more towards a whole foods diet. So, you know, re not relying on things that are in a packet, but obviously there's, there's education to be done there as well. And there's obviously there's massive, there's massive diversity and kind of in people's health education in terms of knowledge of how to cook and prepare foods. Um, but I think eating five fruit and veg a day is, is a fairly, you know, most grocers now have got like budget ranges. They've got things in tins and frozen. All are great. Um, so that would be one. Um, sleep as well. So I think just saying I'm going to go to bed at 10 p.m. every night or, you know, setting a reminder on your phone. My, my watch beeps at me at 10 o'clock every night to say, why aren't you in bed if my heart rate's too high? So little things of setting up the routine. But I think what's most important is from the things we discussed, look at your life. Don't try and do it all at once and find what fits in for you. There's no such thing as the optimal way to live because we all live differently. So it's just finding how you can adhere to some of the points we've made because any change, if you feel there's an issue, is better than none. Mm, I think that's really valuable. And I know that Dr. Sahar touched on that earlier as well, didn't you? You were talking about, let, let's just focus on one thing and everybody's got different ways of approaching this. If you've got a patient that's coming to you, Dr. Sahar, and they're saying, look, I'm really busy all the time. Um, I've got kids or I've got elderly parents that I'm looking after and I'm constantly feeling washed out. Is there a top tip that you can give them to get them started with getting their get up and go back again? Um, yes, there is. And it's one that they often don't like. Um, I often say, where can you make time for you? Because the reason you feel drained, one of the reasons we feel drained is not just about our physical health. It's also about our emotional and mental and spiritual health. So I always say, where can you make 10 minutes a day for yourself? What do you enjoy doing? And it could be 
reading. It could be, well, I used to do some mindfulness, but I don't anymore. I used to do a little bit of yoga, but I don't anymore. I used to enjoy a bubble bath, but I don't have time for it anymore. And I'd say, where can we find 10 minutes, five days a week for you to take some time to replenish yourself? And I think that's really important if you're really busy, if you're a caregiver, if you have children, if you have a busy job to go, where can I get just 10 minutes a day to give something back to myself? And that actually makes a huge difference to your mental health and emotional health. And it also does make you feel a lot better in, in yourself that your day isn't just about everything you have to give to other people. It's about what can I give to myself? Mm. What can you give to yourself as well as what you can give to other people? I really like that. I think that's really valuable. Um, and it's actually brought me on to another point, which I think is workplace boundaries. I think they're very much blurred um, this year in particular, but also even before that, you know, we are constantly able to look at our emails and our work colleagues may well expect us to respond within five minutes, within 10 minutes, within an hour of a message. And sometimes that can make us feel mentally overwhelmed. Moving on and sort of adding to that would be, if that sounds like you, consider creating healthy workplace boundaries with your colleagues to ensure that you know, when you do have your family responsibilities, you can actually focus on them entirely rather than having in the back of your mind, oh, I should double check whether somebody's asked me to do something or what I, you know, what I was supposed to do with this project or that thing. So um, I think that's another great top tip as well, um, given that we're all working from home more than we were. Um, I think that's, that's a pretty central thing to talk about right now. Um, so we've already covered uh, the importance of maintaining balance when it comes to movement and rest. Um, and you've already said to us that we, we, it's important for us to listen to our bodies if they're tired. And Alex has said that he feels that eight hours is, is, is a reasonable minimum for most of us to achieve. Um, Dr. Sahir, what in your experience, um, can sleep do for us and how does it affect our energy levels? Oh, so sleep's really, really important. Um, again, it's when our body does all the repair and replenishes us. Um, so having a good quality sleep is really important. And I think that quality is as important as quantity. Uh, you know, we've all spoken to people, I'm sure, who've said, oh, I, I go to bed at 10 and I get up at 7, but I just lie there awake for hours on end and I feel awful and frustrated. So I think the things that we can do to improve the quality is also really important. So um, Alex mentioned uh, some things earlier about, um, you know, sort of winding down at a certain time, removing um, the screen time so that our, uh, our bodies can produce more melatonin so we get a deeper, more restful sleep. Um, I think having some sort of wind down routine in the evening can be good because it helps us to get our brain into the, the um, our brain just to know, oh, it's time to wind down now. It's time to go to sleep. Um, so not to be checking emails, not to be watching a scary film that's going to get your heart rate pumping. Um, you know, maybe to do some journaling, keep a gratitude list. I was going to say the news for that matter. Mm. I think oh, watching, yeah, exactly. Watching late night exactly. news at the moment is always going to be a bit of a downer for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Yes, I, I like to, um, you know, write a, a gratitude list in my journal before I go to bed because that helps me reflect on my day, uh, pick out a few key points that I enjoyed um, and also then maybe just write a few things about what I want to achieve over the, the next day because um, I think it gets you in that right sort of 
mind frame. You, you know, you can also read because it's um, not as stimulating as looking at the screen um, or listen to some relaxing music or do a little uh, meditation or some wind down stretching. Um, so I think that, and you know, you don't have to do these things for hours on end. Uh, you could do this for like, you know, maybe 15 minutes as you're getting ready for bed. <laughs> Um, and I just think it's just putting your body into that state of knowing it's time to wind down, it's time to relax, it's time to lie down and it's yeah. time to, to rest and go to sleep. I love that, Dr. Sahara. I think, you know, we do it for our kids. Why don't we do it for ourselves? <laughs> you know, the kids, they have their little wind down routine. They have their bath. They have their story. <laughs> we should so do the same thing for ourselves. Yeah, we get to a certain age and we just think, oh, we don't need that anymore. We're adults <laughs> now. <laughs> we probably always need it. <laughs> oh, we do. We always need a little bit of nurturing. Oh, that's been so interesting. I think, you know, we've covered so much ground today and, We've just talked about the importance of sleep. If our listeners are interested to learn more about sleep, please delve deeply into the issue of sleep. Um, but this energy episode has been truly fascinating. Alex, have you got any last tips that can really help people get their get up and go back that we haven't already covered in this extensive chat? Yeah, so we've covered a lot in this chat. Um, like I've said before, it's kind of not focusing on what's perfect, um, doing what you can, because any little thing will make could make a big difference and kind of little hacks you can do throughout the day. So, you know, certain tea, like green tea, for example, has high amounts of L-theanine. L-theanine has been shown to kind of increase your kind of alpha brain activity. So it can help with kind of just general concentration. So utilizing things like that, green tea is obviously lowering caffeine as well, or, you know, taking a green tea supplement that's got high amounts of the, that amino acid in as well. Um, but going back to my, the point I always stress with everybody I've ever worked with is adherence, 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 because that's the, the if we're looking at the pyramid, adherence is the foundation of everything. So if something isn't working for you don't it's like a pieces of a jigsaw don't try and force them together you might be able to force them together but they won't fit properly so just try and find ways to incorporate anything you can into your lifestyle because we're all in such different stages in our life we're all in such different scenarios so it's very difficult to obviously give like completely personalized advice but taking from what we've said you could probably apply you know at least one thing into your into your your daily routine so your takeaway point here is really find the thing from this chat today that you think you can maintain yes every year that's it right okay fabulous and dr Sahar, have you got any last minute words of advice for us um yeah i mean i agree with everything alex just said and i, I think it's about being kind to yourself i think we all put a lot of pressure on ourselves to um it's almost like a badge of honor the busy busier you are the better you are um but that's not necessarily true so if you feel like you're forcing yourself to to do things um that you know you don't necessarily really want to do um i think just be kind to yourself listen to your body when you need to rest take a night in when you need to um i see a lot of women for hormone balancing in the perimenopause and the menopause and that's especially important then because your whole physiology is changing so really just be kind to yourself um, work in a way that suits you. And that's maybe one of the good things from this year that people have more flexible working to do everything by ourselves and uh, really put the focus back onto yourself and being kind to yourself. 
Oh, that's absolutely top advice. Thank you so much, Dr. Sahar. I cannot agree more. And wow, we've covered so much ground. Uh, I really think that we've um, been able to find some great things to help people feel a little bit less sluggish and um, enjoy a little bit more energy in their lives. So thank you so much to Dr. Roked and Alex Glover for joining me today. And thank you to all of you who've been listening. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Join me again for our next episode where we'll be talking about how to deal with problem skin and that especially 2020 problem, mask knee. For more health and wellness advice, visit the health hub at hollandandbarrett.com. All views are those of our guests and not Holland and Barrett unless explicitly stated otherwise. Any reference to brands and or products should not be considered as an endorsement.